Mm-hmm. One of the first things I realized when I moved to Bali it very quickly was that I had PTSD. I was functional, never thought about it. You know, strong black woman, been through a lot. Most of us have, blah, blah, blah. I never thought about it. From somewhere around the world, welcome to the Black Women Travel Podcast. Hi, my name is Wanda Duncan, and I'm so glad you're joining me as we explore the paths of black women who've made travel a large part of their lives. Welcome to the show. Hey loves, it's Wanda, the host of the Black Women Travel Podcast. I'd like to invite you to become a patron of the Black Women Travel Podcast. There are a few budget-friendly tiers you can choose from so that as a community, we can continue to heal, ask for what we deserve, get it, and inspire the next generation. Tap the link in the show notes and choose a monthly contribution that suits you. I'm so excited about the episodes you'll hear that will nudge you to love yourself deeper and take more action in your life from that empowered place. Please consider becoming a monthly subscriber through patreon.com slash bwtpod. Get ready to hear another great episode. So thank you so much for joining us today. Can you please tell us your name, where you're from? where you're currently located, and the name of your business. Hi, um, I am Kim. Everybody calls me Kimmy for the most part. (laughs) Um, Where am I from? I was born in California. I like to say that Oakland raised me, New York made me. New York is my home, um, or at least that's the home that I claim (laughs) Um, in business. I don't have an official business, but I have a platform that I'm building called Glam Powered, and you can find that on YouTube. Yes, so I saw Glam Powered. What does that mean? Ah, it's glamorous and empowered. I put them together. <laughs> okay, what um so what do, what is the business about? What does it mean for a person to be glam powered? Ah, uh, I've I've had I'm one of those people that comes up with names and concepts like all the time, and I had that name, uh, the Glam Powered, for a couple of years now. Uh, this was when I was still living in New York. I think originally it was going to be more about glamour, and I think uh, that that will happen down the line. But I've changed <laughs> since then. Um, it's just more about empowerment in general but um for me glamour is a source of empowerment so that's where it originally came from but now for me I'm realizing that just with life and the things that you do with your life how you take care of yourself um through wellness practices through your career um all of that stuff is very empowering so um the channel is uh kind of broad right now but the focus is definitely, and I would say the intention is definitely to empower uh, people through the content or viewers through the content. Okay. So 
That's interesting. Did you um, grow up in a family or like uh, with sisters or a mother that like encouraged you to wear makeup and like what does it mean to be glamorous to you? Um, for me, um, no, I wouldn't say I was encouraged to wear makeup, but um, one thing that I'm thinking of for sure is my grandmother who I would definitely classify as someone who was uh, glamorous. And just um, in my family, and I think in a lot of families, they always have this saying that, you know, if you, people judge you by your appearance, which is true, you know, um, and it helps if you dress well, it helps if you keep yourself up. That's kind of an old school notion, if you will, but I still believe that it's true. Um, and I just, I've always been fascinated, um, especially with YouTube and the whole beauty t- culture, beauty tube culture. I look at a lot of, um, black, uh, beauty vloggers and I'm uh, inspired by them. And now with the whole Instagram traveler culture, we have these beautiful black, um, travelers and they're glamorous travelers, <laughs> Um, one of them that comes to mind is Lydia Dinga. I love her. So I just am kind of inspired by that energy and that vibe. Um, and that's a part of it for me. I hope that makes sense. Yeah, <laughs> absolutely. Mm-hmm. I love that glamour can mean a lot of different things to different people. I also love that you talk about empowerment. So you said that empowerment is through how you take care of yourself, through your wellness, your career. Um, are there any specific like self-care practices that you have that help you to feel glamorous? Um, I think for me, one thing that I am working on coming back to right now is personal glamour in a more traditional sense. Um, that's been, for me, um, a lot of energy work has been happening. And right now it is 3 a.m. in California where I am, (laughs) um, visiting my family, Um, but I just, I wake, I woke up with this sense of peace because of the energy work that I did yesterday. Mm -hmm. And it's, it's just, it feels so good when you can wake up and feel as good as I do right now. (laughs) That is personal care and that's self care. And, um, as within, so without, I'm constantly, I should say not constantly, but more regularly waking up to this stillness and this peace. It's a different kind of stillness and peace that I know um, is going to allow me to do the glamour part the way that I want to um, in the near future. And that will be on my channel in the future. It's just not there yet because I'm working on more of the inner conceptual stuff, if you will, right now. Absolutely. I know that those of us who manage or deal with um, all kinds of mental health issues, a lot of times that is the thing that goes first. Not that this is you whatsoever, but uh, sometimes when your mind is busy or the chemicals are off or whatever, it is very difficult for people to take care of themselves. um, And that manifests itself on the outside. Maybe you don't feel like brushing your teeth like I was just listening to this podcast um with uh Basi Ipki Ip Ikpi um Mm -hmm. she just came out with a book but she was talking about like she was depressed she didn't want to get out of bed so like what was the point of brushing her teeth because Mm -hmm. she just she wanted to like she was suicidal 
And trigger warning. Um, sorry, that should have come before for listeners who are on the edge. But she was able to, you know, go through her process and do the work that she needed to do. And so, like, now she's going back to get all this dental work done. But I thought that was a very personal thing to share. And it's very... Hella personal. Yeah. (laughs) But Yes. And and I can imagine, like, that is, by her sharing that, it it helps people who have also experienced that to have someone to, to relate to because there have to be, there have to be other people who are like, yeah, so <laughs> I don't want to be here and I'm not taking care of myself. Um, Girl, you're speaking to me right now. I'm going to uh, interject and say something. So you, um, the unexpected uh, experience of travel has and living overseas. Um, I'm visiting my family. I've been here. Oh my God. I think it's been like a month now, I think, but I've been living in Asia since 2017, New Year's day. Um, so the, the healing component and not just a little bit, the deep healing component, and I'm talking about mental health has been a surprise. Um, I didn't really know I was a healer or identify myself as a healer until I would say like seriously, like more consciously until last year. But that has come and been revealed to me through travel. Travel itself is a part of my wellness uh, regimen and it's a necessary. I cannot go back to life without traveling. Um, and I can't go back to work without it having some sort of international aspect to it or travel involved. Um, That's just, I can't. Not after everything that I've experienced. Like I told you, I woke up with this piece. I was not doing this. Mm -hmm. (laughs) This was not, this was not, this wasn't even happening a year ago. Like what I'm talking about. Um, I have just experienced a whirlwind experience that for a lot of people, I was speaking with a friend who's also a fellow. Um, She's a luxury travel consultant, but I met her um, in Chiang Mai, where I've been living this past uh, year and a half. Um, And she was just like, girl, you are so thin. I don't know how you like, I was like, girl, the healing is real. (laughs) What I just experienced and I'm actually still in, in the midst of, but I'm not tripping and I don't even have the energy to trip because I have removed the stress responses from my body. Um, And I know that that might sound extreme, but um, one of the first things I realized when I moved to Bali, it very quickly was that I had PTSD. I was functional, never thought about it. You know, strong black woman, been through a lot. Most of us have, blah, blah, blah. I never thought about it. When I left and I, I sat and got settled after after the first month or so, I think maybe, first month or three, I, I would say, to be fair, I was like, oh, <laughs> this looming. I, I never felt this looming before, but now I do. This is PTSD. So that was a really phenomenal um, awakening and experience to have. And... Um, leaving Bali and going to Thailand. Thailand, I call it my spiritual home because that is what it has been for me. The amount of energy work and change in who I am as a person. Um, I would say that Thailand and New York have shaped me so much 
Um, I, I, it's not the same kind of shaping, but it is, if that makes sense. Mm. Um, I, I am not untouched. And I don't mean that in a, in a negative way either. It's even though some of the experiences have been challenging in both places and some aspects, but really a lot of aspects, <laughs> but <laughs> I, I, I just, where I, I wouldn't trade all of that for where I am right now, because this piece is real. And um, I, I, I can't even explain it to you. I hope that everyone will experience what I'm experiencing um, waking up like this. It's, it's tangible. Yeah. So, so help us to understand more of your process. What happened? So you were in New York, I assume, mm-hmm. and you, uh, it was December, 2016, but you mm-hmm. had probably made the decision to leave the States well before that, right? No. <laughs> so t- yes. What's the story? <laughs> I'm having a mirroring experience of that story right now. So what had happened was, right, um, yeah, I quite clearly I'm an energy person, even back, even back then, but not on this level that I am today. But um, I went to go get a reading from um, a really amazing guy who I am looking forward to seeing again. I don't know if you guys are familiar, if the people that are listening are familiar with the show Hollywood Medium. Um, uh, Tyler, he writes, right? He's, he's one of those mediums that has to scribble to process. Um, so, um, this guy does that too. Um, and I'll just, I'm going to speak like a hippie empath. Okay. These people that these type of, of clairvoyance, they have a lot of angel energy around them, if that makes sense. And I do believe that they are themselves like aligned with angels or some sort of embodiment of them. I know that that might be a little deep for some of y'all, or maybe some of y'all don't believe in that, but that's what I feel in their energy. They have a very distinct vibration. Okay. I'll I'll put it like that. Let let me just let you pause for a second. So um, the type of listener that listens to my show, like Mm -hmm. they know if they want to continue listening or not. So for the people that do, I just want you to feel free to share. Like, this is what, this this is for you. This is your time. So I don't yeah. want to have to put any qualifiers on it or what have you. If mm-hmm. they're going to pick it up, they're going to pick it up. If they're not, they they know what to do with the phone. <laughs> okay. Yes. All right. Got so it. please, please continue. Okay. His energy is just like that. So just to give you guys an, an example of the type of psychic because um, there are different types. Um, I don't work like that. I work differently. That's what I'm trying to say. But anyways, he's very, very accurate. So um, basically, at the end of the, uh, in the middle of the reading, end of the me- reading, I don't even remember. Mind you, this was October 2016, right? I told you guys that um, I left for Bali and I arrived January 1st, New Year's Day, 2017. He was like, oh, you're going to move to some place near water. So in my mind, <laughs> I was thinking, yay, I'm moving to, um, I'm a Queens girl. I'm moving to Long Island City, which I love Long Island City. Um, it's just before Manhattan. And I, there is a park over there by the water that I, it's my favorite park. One of my favorite parks in the city. And I called my sister. I was on the bus. My sister was living in California at the time. 
And she was like, yeah, girl, I'm moving to Bali. I was like, oh, shit, I think I'm moving to Bali, too. (laughs) (laughs) So you just totally jumped on her plan. No, she invited me. She invited me. Nice. With me, we're traveling soulmates. We're we're travel buddies. I was the only person in the family that understood what it meant to pick up and move somewhere and live overseas. We were both already working online. My lease was up, anyways. So from October to December thirty first, like that. That was it. There was no premeditation. There was no plan. Oh. <laughs> There was a coming together and the universe straight up just being like, you're moving by. <laughs> that was it. I was gone. And I've been gone uh, ever since. Yeah, that was it. So you land in Bali and you are with your, you said this is your travel soulmate. My sister. Your yeah, sister. my travel soulmate. I'm the baby. She's the big sister. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so how, um, how long did the both of you stay in Bali like did you continue there and she leave um we stayed um for about 11 months and we were on a remote property um an hour outside of Changu like literally in the rice fields we lived on a resort for um almost a year and I know that that sounds very luxurious not saying that it was. Bali was a, a purgatory for me. It was not my favorite place to live personally. Mm-hmm. Um, so I, I realized that. <laughs> and I was like, um, okay, well, this has been a great learning experience. But um, the place that came to me from Bali was Chiang Mai. Mm-hmm. And um, it was funny because I, I, I'm, a, I'm an, an online teacher by trade. Mm-hmm. And um, I never had Thai students before. Never ever had Thai students before, and one of them just happened to be specifically from Chiang Mai, and I had a visa run, and she was like, "Oh, if you come, I'll show you around," and she did just that, and we became friends. And I was like, "Oh my God, this place!" I just knew because once again, everything just came together. Mm-hmm. Like that, kind of like what it did when I arrived there. Um, And I I was gone (laughs) once again. My sister went to um, uh, hang out or travel, visit one of her friends in Australia in Perth. Mm -hmm. So she was gone for like a month or so. And then later she joined um, me in Chiang Mai. And uh, the magical thing about Chiang Mai was I found my soul group family, if you will, there my community there there is um well things are changing as of a month ago but (laughs) there is a uh, Chiang Mai is a secret Wakanda and Wakanda in the movie Black Panther is a secret like people don't know but it's an amazing dynamic black community that you would not even know is there it is straight up magic so yeah yeah um, that had that, that that whole experience changed me, opened up my heart, healed me. I told you guys I had PTSD. A lot of that has to do with people and my my interaction with people this lifetime, which you know we all go through things. <laughs> I'll leave it at that. Um, but I'm free of that PTSD today. Um, and that community just restored a lot. I'm not a hundred percent in terms of like my hope and faith in humanity, but I'm healthier <laughs> than I was. Um, and I'm definitely at peace with where I am today. Um, in part because of that community. 
Um, I'm definitely awkward black girl, um, introvert, long wolf. I thought I had to give you guys some some phrases. And those for me are not negatives either. That's right. who I am. I right. claim that. But, um, you know, when you are, as I just described, and I do describe myself as someone who loves to help people, I'll put it like that, but who doesn't necessarily like people, um, being honest. Um, So for me to go from a a more negative aspect of those things to where I am today, honey, trust me, the healing has (laughs) been So, so, so back, so real quick, back to Bali. So you get there, you're sitting down and it's dawning on you that you have this PTSD. Girl, I still can see it in my mind. So we had a, a, um, a, a townhouse, um, mm-hmm. on this property and I'm sitting in the living room. I worked in the living room and it just dawned on me one morning. I have PTSD. And I felt it. I felt the energy of it. It was like, like I used the word looming because it was, it was like a cloud. Mm-hmm. And it was just, st- it was on my left side. Mm-hmm. Um, it was on my left side, like a real hard energy cloud, if I could explain it to you guys like that, or energy formation. Mm-hmm. Um, and it was hard. I could, I had never felt energy before, not really so that was the first time that I was like feeling something on that level too. And I identified it immediately for what it was. I recognized so, it. So mm-hmm. had you read a lot about PTSD before? Like how did you, how were you able to name it as such? Intuition. Okay. Yeah. Intuition. I just knew. I just knew. Yeah. So for what it's worth, like I, I, I've been to Bali. I spent maybe like three weeks or so there. Um, I I wasn't too moved, but a lot of people that work in energy tell me that the energy there is like really harsh for them. It is. <laughs> so for that to be the first place, like, isn't that sometimes the process? It's like whenever you are, in, or whenever you are becoming more yourself, it is so ugly often. And it is that slap in the face a lot of times. It's it's often not very gentle. Mm. These, these uh, the the ways that we transform the transformations. Girl, you know some things, and you're speaking some things, and this is why people don't want to do the work. They'd rather remain unconscious. Um, I'm thinking of <laughs> the movie Wally. Oh my God. Mm-hmm. Okay, so if you guys don't know Wally, you can tell that I'm a millennial. <laughs> I'm an older millennial, but I'm definitely a millennial. So um, Wally, um, right, he's a little robot that basically um, everyone has left the planet and they're in these blimps while the environment is recovering. And Wally is one of the like trash collecting robots for people that don't know. It's a super cute Disney movie if you get a chance. Anyway, <laughs> everyone on the blimp is highly unconscious. Um Typical American, I'll just say it for what it is, but it's funny (laughs) because nobody exercises or does anything. It's like you're on a resort, but you're on a blimp. So everyone, and and you're in space, you don't have to do anything. So everyone is obese for just straight up. Um, People can't even move 
or walk anymore and they kind of don't even realize that their bodies have changed and then like um something happens like people realize that there's a problem with the ship and then they become conscious again and they're just like oh my god they look in the mirror and they have that moment kind of like i had the pts moment ptsd moment and they're like what has happened to me (laughs) this is not me you know Mm. so um yeah the harshness will do that and and that's the gift of the harshness but it, it, sometimes it takes a lot <laughs> before yeah. you have that moment yeah, yeah. <laughs> some people talk about like a little tinkle then a nudge then a shake girls <laughs> in a like, boulder child the break, the break in the <laughs> yes yes okay. I, I had the boulders boulders new york was a boulder um, Bali was a less harsh boulder, but it was a boulder. So I was dealing with gradients of energy. Um, I've been dealing with gradients of energy. Um, and even to Thailand, Thailand was a release. <laughs> yes. Giant, giant release, 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 release. Um, yeah. So it's been like had, that. Mm-hmm. So you had been, um, in the process of. Well, I don't want to say in the process of, but it's like you were finding ways to be well ever since you were in New York. Is that correct? Yeah. On, and I would even say before that, ever since okay. I was a child, okay, I just wasn't doing it at the level of consciousness that I am now. Okay. I started doing affirmations as a child, looking in the mirror, doing affirmations. Yeah. On your own. Yeah. I Intuitively, I swear to you. Wow. I just, that's really interesting. I just do to do it. Yeah. Yeah. Um, So what helped you when you were in Bali to, or was it Thailand? You said that Thailand was the healing for you. It was the release. All of this is healing. Like you said, you know, I think um, a lot of people in the spiritual community um, (laughs) and maybe, and this is not a judgment, this is just my personal um, belief and observation. A lot of people in the kind of esoteric new age community, they do a lot of surface stuff and that's good. It's deeper than most people, mm-hmm. but the deep, deep, deep stuff, um, not so much, not so much. And that's the stuff that we call ugly <laughs> because there is no other word to describe it. But there's beauty and ugliness yeah. um, if you will go down in there and and get it. But you have to go down there and get it. Yeah, it's all been a healing. Mm-hmm. So move. So when you were in Thailand, you were able to continue or even expand the practices that you were having so that you could recover from uh, the PTSD. Yeah, and I I would say when I was in Bali, it was just a realization. There was no. Um, what consciousness around healing it, I just understood okay. I, and recognized it there. Yes. And and that was that. Bali for me, in terms of the mental processing, was like, um, really, the dominant narrative was like, this is not my soil. I have to get out of here. <laughs> that was Bali. Yeah. I'm really grateful to be here. Oh, my God. Um, this is a beautiful landscape and, and all of that. But this is not my soil. I have to get out of here. Yeah. And that was actually where I started um, praying with angels. I started doing angel work. Once again, working with another psychic. <laughs> and she introduced me to the Archangel uh, Michael. That was the first angel. Um, and then it dawned on me that um, 
you know, that my my dad's name is Michael, my brother's name is Michael. I was like, yeah. oh, duh. <laughs> <laughs> he handled that. He orchestrated my trip <laughs> to Chiang Mai because I didn't have any money. That's been a pattern for me. Money patterns, y'all. Um, I I didn't have no money, but I was leaving. <laughs> and he showed, I set the prayer up and he showed up two weeks me. Two weeks me out of Bali, and I had my apartment. I had an, another job at a local school there. He hooked me up. I was like, oh, Angels is real. I'm going to be working <laughs> with him. And I have been ever since. Sure half. Sure half. Shout out to the yes, Angels. ma'am. Shout out, <laughs> Angels. Thank <Yes>. you. Uh... <laughs> Thank you for real. <laughs> wow. So you were like, you were about that life. I, just I, like, I have this choice. is what's happening and <laughs> I don't know how it's going to work but I know it's going to work because for for a lot of I think specifically black women because we have been made to be unstable for so much of our lives mm-hmm. our ancestors have been made to be unstable even when we were able to get something somebody would come along and take it burn it down all types of stuff mm-hmm. it was like mm-hmm. there's been less security for us and I think that I think that has played out in black women wanting more uh, stability in their lives and trying to create that being homeowners, um, being legal entrepreneurs to, you know, possibly pursue more legal avenues of not having our stuff taken away from us. Um, we because we've always been entrepreneurs. So, so, but that, that wasn't you at all. Like you had no fear around, no plan you were able to just like go is that right yeah but once again this is I've I've had just recently had another transition I just told you guys about two right I've had another one where I was picked up and had to just be where I am right now um this is the first time that I'm doing it with a certain level of consciousness and awareness Mm. (laughs) it takes a couple times for you experience these types of things and realize that this is one of the ways that in which the universe works with you specifically. And also um, just having a realization that your universal experience um, may be unique or specific to you. Sometimes I think in the spiritual community, we say, oh, if you pray, then this is going to happen to you like this. No, it may not though. It may not, but but I'll share what's happening, what's been happening for me. Um, and travel has always been this way ever since my first international trip, that was just give, it was from the ether. I didn't pay for my trip. Um, I went to, while, um, Mali, West Africa to help build a school, travel and education. (laughs) I'm a teacher, right? Right. Never wanted to be a teacher. Never thought about living overseas. Of course, traveling, been traveling for my whole life, but not living, but it's just always, those two things have always been things that have just been like. These are yours. Just, just take them. Right. I, I just, just the opportunities are just like here. I am anchoring you down with these opportunities. You don't, you don't have no choice. <laughs> so, That's I just so have, powerful. I've learned to go with the flow because of that. If that makes sense, it does. And so, no one tried to intervene and say this is not for you, or what about this, what about that, or if they did, like you just weren't hearing it. Um, no one ever tried to intervene. Mm-hmm. Um, the challenge for me has been 
the blockages with this, even though I've been blessed with this. And obviously, um, I have landed on my feet, not always gracefully. Like this time was a graceful landing. Um, just still like, okay, obviously this is where I'm supposed to be and recognizing that from a, an, an intuitive perspective, right? But something's still not quite right. <laughs> so that's where all the clearing and releasing has had to come into play. Because I've been like, okay, there is something blocking the the other, the complete blessing of this. Because mm-hmm. it's like I'm being presented with this beautiful box, but inside there is something not quite right. And I've had to go in and deal with that aspect of this pattern, if you will, of being blessed. But things just totally being shifted and me being blessed, but then having to deal with this stuff. Um, the PTSD was the first okay. thing inside that box. But there were other things that I've had to go on and, and clear and, and recognize, realize, clear and release um, to get to this version of myself that's speaking right now. Mm. So you have been like fully on your 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 own specific path. Like mm-hmm. all your challenges are specific to you. I wouldn't say that I'm they're unique to me. No, I'm not no, gonna no, not not unique. Specific. Other I'm sure other yeah. people experience it too, but these are specific to you. Like mm-hmm. you're not taking on anybody else's baggage. There's no outside um influences into your process. You're just dealing with your intuition and understanding the things that you specifically have to overcome in order to manifest as your highest self. Yeah. Mm-hmm. If that's I'm realizing one of your gifts, <laughs> you certainly know how to analyze. Oh, precisely. I wonder if you realize that that's a gift. That's a gift. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So, thank you very much. Um, <laughs> I'm. Yes, <laughs> it's yes. <laughs> we can talk about that later. Um, <laughs> you actually spent ten years in the education field. Mm-hmm. More now, <laughs> but yeah. <laughs> okay, and so it's just been these last three that you have been teaching English online, and you said you like love it, love it so much. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So talk about that. So you are. You said you are doing it more now than before what was what was your experience like embracing that um I it just it's been a process of gradual realization and acceptance because like I told you I had zero plans of being a teacher and my mom is an educator I've been around educators and education my entire life I just never saw it for myself when I graduated from high school and was going to college um, the narrative was I'm going to be a lawyer because I've writing and speaking have always come naturally to me. Writing, speaking, presenting have always come naturally to me. I was in the oratorical fest um, here in Oakland, um, California. They have the Dr. Martin Luther King oratorical, oratorical fest. My mom was actually one of the people that started it. It's like a local speaking competition competition for the um, Oakland Unified School District, the public school district. Um so that that was my thing. And writing was um, my most powerful teacher. I've had a few, but my most powerful teacher, she helped me realize that I had an ability in terms of writing and just language in general and just understanding it. Um, 
so I I never thought that I was going to be a lawyer. I thought I would use that. I mean, a teacher. I thought I would use that gift as a lawyer. Um, and I didn't even. I I never wanted to be a teacher. Um, but now I realize I never wanted to be a teacher in the traditional sense. And what I do now didn't even exist until after I graduated from college, which has also been a pattern for me. Um, a lot everything that I'm doing now didn't exist until after I had graduated from college. So had I been even trying to prepare for this in a more traditional way, I wouldn't have been able to. Because this whole digital nomad life, if you will, um, this this was not. I read Tim Ferriss's Four Hour Work uh, Work Week book. If you guys aren't familiar, he was one of the really, as far as I'm concerned, the first person to kind of present the concept of being a digital nomad, starting an online business, and traveling or being location independent, if you will. He was the first person to do that, to write a book about uh, that and making it a possibility. Um, so I I read that book in college. I read a lot of books in college that were about personal growth and development, but it still didn't click because that wasn't a thing. It wasn't as tangible as it is now. All these online teaching platforms that exist now, um, they didn't even exist. A lot of them didn't come into formation until 2011. Um, And I graduated from college in in 2008. (laughs) So this wasn't even a possibility. Mm -hmm. It wasn't a possibility. I feel like I'm off. I did. I feel like I wanted to say something else, but I kind of forgot. <laughs> <laughs> well, I'm sure it'll come back around if it needs to. <laughs> mm-hmm. So, okay. When you were. Well, it doesn't seem like you needed that, though. I was going to ask about support, but it, I, it doesn't seem like you really needed it in the way that some people need support when they embrace their desire to travel when they embrace taking Mm -hmm. a different path no Mm -hmm. that wasn't a concept for me it wasn't something that was processed I've before we started recording I I mentioned just I'm going with the flow right I've been going with the flow and I will back the train up a little bit even before all this. So I was homeless um, when I was in New York City. I told you I've had money patterns. Homeless, did everything you're supposed to do, went to college, got the degree, was working, was really trying, pursuing my dream. My dream was to be a New Yorker. And I became one, (laughs) ride or die, but not in the way that I anticipated. So actually, to back the train up, my fearlessness comes from that. The worst had already happened to me. I was homeless twice. I was in the shelter system twice. So when you go through something like that, you don't really trip about stuff as much. <laughs> Not in the normal way because you've already you already know how to to deal and cope. You're, it, I mean, if if you not everyone, but right. if you have your wits about you in the way that I'm speaking of, this is like this is I've been through worse than this. So I'm good. <laughs> yeah. I'm good. That's where that fearlessness comes from. That's where it comes from. It took me a moment to like, I had to realize and remember. Oh, yes. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Well, mm-hmm. it's good you had to remember and that that's not like present on your spirit. Because you sure don't wear it. Not that it looks a certain way, but that's just mm-hmm. not something I would ever think about you. Mm-hmm. So congratulations mm-hmm. for fighting yourself out of that. 
Well, Thanks. like congratulations for your entire life, because. <laughs> <laughs> Child. Yeah, I'm thinking about um the color purple all my life I had to fight. All oh, my life. <laughs> Child. Yes, yes, yes. <laughs> what do you think about Chiang Mai? Um you said, if I may share this, you said you never experienced community till you traveled. And it seems yeah. like my is very near to your heart because of that. Yes. And shout out to the orchestrator of the community. I'm going to shout her out on this podcast. Her name is Kidra. Um, I don't know if I should say her first and last name. So out of respect. <laughs> okay. But um, Kidra organizes Sunday dinners and beyond. Oh. And it's like the black meetup yeah. in Chiang Mai. Um. She that's her gift. Her gift is organization, groups, events, and creating community. Yes. Um, I I I will just say it like this. So my first Sunday dinner, I was like, first of all, there are black people because in Bali I saw literally a total of three black people the entire time I lived there. Now mind <laughs> you, my experience was different from every from a lot of people's because yeah. we lived remote. We didn't live like in a um, tourist area or an expat area. But still, my experience was my experience. I literally saw three Black people the entire time. Um, So to get there, and I had a friend from the San Francisco Bay Area, an old friend, say to me, hey, I have a friend who's there now. You know, connect with her. And she was, uh, she invited me to Sunday dinner. Um, Kija was out. Kija was in Africa, whirlwinding and making her way back to Thailand. But she was um, had left this friend in charge. Come to find out, this woman, um, myself and Kidra, we all had the same birthday. <laughs> so that was a sign right then. I was like, birthday triplets. Wow. Like they, they, this, I was like, okay, this is interesting. And I just vibed with the with the group, just vibe. And I just told you guys, I'm an introvert. I don't particularly care for people. I'm alone with, 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 et cetera, et cetera. I just felt comfortable for the first time. And then I was like, instant network. If you needed anything, just, just you know, there was a, um, there's a line. So line is like WhatsApp for Southeast Asia. There's a line group and there's a Facebook page. If you have a question or you need anything, just, you know, you just go on the group chat and you just ask. And uh, does anyone want to meet for coffee? Like I had a social calendar. I never had a social calendar before. It was crazy. (laughs) (laughs) Never had that before. It was just a very natural process. And I was like, oh, this is community. This is what it is. You. This is how it works. So people think Chiang Mai is this spiritual place. And yeah, it is. There are vortexes for real in, in Chiang Mai people. I had one woman. She's Chinese from China. She said she travels from China to Chiang Mai to pray at the temples there because when she prays, the, the prayers get answered in, in, at the temples there. Like that's how deep it is, y'all, <laughs> on the spiritual side of the spectrum. But on the party side of the spectrum, I'm not much of a partier either, not in a traditional sense. I'm more of a let's go to the spa. Let It, it better be a nice spa, by the way, with a drink oh, in my okay. hand. <laughs> okay. Anyways, I was out in the clubs for like two months. Two months. You would think I was like 16, 17, 18, the way I was going out. 
in Chiang Mai, you guys, I was having a different kind of ball and realizing a different kind of myself. And, and, and it just, so yeah, the community aspect is real. Um, but then I had to start working <laughs> because I was like, I, I can't do this and work at the same time. So I kind of have to chill out. And um, yeah, that was a process as well. <laughs> so was there anything in terms of like wellness um, aside from the community? Because I think community is, I think it accelerates healing. Like I, it, it makes you feel so well when you have people that just get it and you don't have to say a whole lot. And yeah. But was there anything else that you experienced there that um, helped you along your path? Because you put it on par with New York. Um, yeah. And so it seems seems really special to you. It is. Um, just me doing what I wanted to do, having um, uh, not 100%, but going back to that whole stability component, getting my own apartment by myself, because um, I, I lived with my sister in Bali. We had we shared that house. And one of the things that I wanted was to get my own space back. Because um, even when I was in New York City, uh, this is a big ass deal. <clears throat> Excuse me. I succeeded in getting my own one bedroom apartment in New York City to my by myself, no roommates. That was a big ass deal. The apartment was uh, definitely a coming to America apartment, if y'all know what I'm talking about. <laughs> but it was mm-hmm. mine. After right. everything that I went through, it was mine. Yes. I, I, I did rec- not. Um, I got a nicer apartment <laughs> in Chiang Mai, um, and was just working and just seeing myself be the stable person that I've been wanting to be. Um, and I'm still working on aspects of that. I'm honest about that. But the energy work at this point has been, what the hell is going on with me with these money patterns? Um, the PTSD and all that stuff wasn't actually the conscious part of it. It's It's been through the, um, I need to get out of debt and I want to be stable and I want to be able, f- now I want to be free to, to work and travel and just be. Um, that's the intention now, um, which kind of brings me to where I am today. I'm not going to say anything just yet. Like we're kind of telling a story, so I'll wait till we get to, the, to that part of the story. But um, yeah. Yeah, this has been a real pragmatic thing for me, but I'm using energetic means to get there. Mm-hmm. The homelessness. So- I go back to the homelessness. Yeah, it's from that. And recovering from that. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I- I'm, I'm just going to say something else. Homelessness yeah. for a lot of people, um, and I'm, I'm saying it as I'm realizing where I am in the San Francisco Bay Area, they're having a homelessness crisis here. There are 30,000 people who are homeless right now. That is an atrocity. <laughs> they cannot afford the rent, right? Um, homelessness is kind of like uh, being in prison with the recidivism that can happen. And you don't even realize that that's a possibility. I told you I, I went to the process twice, um, not because I wasn't trying, um, it just, it's, it's similar in that way, if that makes sense. There's an energy to it as well. It's, it's hard to explain unless you experience it, to be honest with you. Like I, I like you, you, I'm not someone that you would think would be in that situation. Um, so yeah, it's been a, a recovery process and a rebuilding for sure. 
seems like the things that we've been susceptible to, it's like when you break a bone and that brown, that bone is susceptible to breaking again. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. It mm-hmm. feels like a lot of life experiences can be like that. Like if it's happened, then the possibility of it happening again, unless you are able to switch some stuff up, which can be really difficult, um, especially when it comes to homelessness. A lot of people blame the homeless person like they want to be in that situation. Um, Yeah, there's, I think, not as much education around that. There's not much um, knowledge that people seek. It's just a situation people want to turn their heads away from. And it's a situation people don't want to be in, but they never understand that they are more than likely just a paycheck away. Because so many people, especially in these big cities where the rent is ridiculous, and then a lot of the apartments aren't rent controlled, so they can hike that rent up whenever they want. Mm. And uh, the population, and then some. sometimes it's the particularly like... Um, in California, maybe more around the San Francisco area, you have the big tech tech companies that come in. So, like, it's it's so much more complicated. But you know, mm-hmm. people would actually have to read a lot of times to understand stuff. And we know people sometimes don't like to read. Child, <laughs> mm-hmm. <laughs> so I appreciate you sharing what you have, and I I only want you to share what you want to share. So, mm-hmm. I yes want want to put that there you pump the brakes whenever you feel like it because that's nobody's business <laughs> at all um, okay i'm pretty open okay. obviously <laughs> just, just i just want to make sure you're comfortable um so let me ask you about the current work you're doing so i saw that you have uh some videos up on youtube clarity with kim Mm-hmm. And you are exploring some of the things that you've been talking about. You've been talking about uh, money beliefs, healing that. You've been talking about Reiki and tarot and psychic readings. You've been talking about relationships. And that is mm-hmm. something that people a lot of times can identify with. Uh, the money stuff, yes, but absolutely relationships. Um, you've been talking about the law of attraction, so the work that you've been doing on yourself, the things you've been learning and you've been able to get more clear about, you've started sharing those things. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, it's how can I don't. <laughs> so there is Glam Powered and then there's Clarity with Kim. And that started in Chiang Mai because um, people started asking me to do readings. I've been I've had a deck in my hand. I My college graduation gift to myself was a tarot deck. I'd always been intrigued. Um, so it's this is my 11th year. Um, yeah, I think that's right. My 11th year with a deck um, in my hand. <laughs> um, I wasn't I still don't. How can I explain this? Um I guess you could, I am a professional energy healer, energy worker, if you will, like definitely. Um, And especially after this year, I I feel confident calling myself an advanced energy worker and healer because I have released some serious stuff. (laughs) Whoa, some scary stuff. Um, Some really some horror movie type stuff. Um, but I still, um, like at the beginning you were asking me, do, do I have a business? And I said, no, because this is not, I'm not there yet. I can't call this that this is a project. 
Um, but Clarity with Kim is kind of like the the um, esoteric kind of new age arm of glam powered, um, if that makes sense. Um, so yeah, I hope that makes sense to you guys. <laughs> Absolutely. And what has the response been? So you've been working with some folks uh, in Chiang Mai. Um, and internationally, not just in Chiang Mai, people have, you know, word spreads. I've done readings for folks in South Africa for, in Chiang Mai, like they'll call. Um, like it's been an international thing, to be honest with you. Mm-hmm. Well, I mean, it got to be just like you. So <laughs> <laughs> I'll hear from coast to coast. Do you have any hobbies or interests that aren't um, part of your practices already? Like, well, I guess everything is a practice, but (laughs) it is (laughs) that we haven't talked about. Um, Definitely reading. And I mentioned reading books, but I'm a lifelong reader. I love YA specifically. and re- lately, it's been audiobooks. I just was like, girl, I, but you need to sit down and read. <laughs> so I have put like traditional reading of an of a ebook of an ebook in my schedule for Tuesday. I'm going to start building up that habit again of like taking some time to read, actually read. But um, right now, I'm listening to. Um, I've just been listening to fun stuff, um, the Diviners. But I think her name is Libra Bray, and it's a magical, fantastic book about a girl who's an empath. <laughs> Everything that I do is like psychic-y, <laughs> it seems like, at least. Um, and she's in New York. She's in New York City, 1920s, like my favorite era. And yeah, so that's what I'm reading, or I should say listening to, because I'm doing the audiobook uh, right now. And I, I really enjoy doing that. Have you had any, um, I don't know if you've listened to music much, but I ask my guests, is there a song lyric or a poem that speaks to you these days? Um, So my favorite musical artist is definitely Miguel. There goes that Michael again. (laughs) I love Miguel. I mean, Um, what's not to love, right? (laughs) (laughs) Yes. Um, um, But... um, the the poem that has is just stuck to me is definitely Maya Angelou's um Until I Rise. It, and uh yeah, that that poem is powerful. And that series of poems, because it's the poem and then also um a collection of poems. Like that's the title of the book. Um it's great. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Any particular songs of uh, Miguel's? Right now, it's just coming to me. Um, I think it's called Point Your Toes, which might have been on the first album, I want to say, or the second album. I'm 90% sure it's the first album, though. Um, <laughs> so it's, it's one of his, I'm using air quotes, older songs, because anything from like <laughs> five or seven years ago is considered old these days, even though it's not. Um, yeah, yeah. That might be a lesser known song, but it's a point your toes, if I'm not mistaken. Yeah. I was looking for it, and all I came up with was arch and point, but I didn't search it. Oh, Lord. Like, I'll see if <laughs> I was like, ain't that a nice song, Pam? Girl. <laughs> and I'm one of those people that, girl, don't ask me about songs. <laughs> um, I'll find it. <laughs> no, um, no, it's not. It's not. 
that deep. I was just curious. Okay. <laughs> I, I, no, but I'm like that when I'm when I'm consuming content. I'm also a content addict. Podcast, books, um, videos, series, everything. I've been addicted to content before content was a concept. Oh my god. <laughs> So I be trying to be correct with my information because I hate it when I have to go back and backtrack because you can't tell me the name of something. <laughs> I'm sorry. Okay. And I so will do it too. It. Yes, I see. <laughs> sure. Oh. Is there any particular way that you like to explore a new place when you arrive? Um, yeah. Oh, by the way, you guys, it is Arch and Point. That's the, oh. the okay. It is. It is. On okay. Kaleidoscope. Yes. yes. Kaleidoscope I, dreams, I think. I, I'm going to be, yeah, just in case y'all want to listen to that. <laughs> so, <laughs> I Thank am that you. <laughs> so, um, yeah. Um, you said, is there any, like, particular way that I process, like, content or experience content? No. Um, when you travel... Is there a way you like to explore when you're traveling? Oh, by foot. But first, oh, unless this, but this brings us to now. Okay. So what had happened was Thailand is amazing, but um, the world is a mirror of itself. And so Trump's policies and harshness in terms of immigration are being echoed, reverberated, and reflected. So um, when we first decided to do this, or you connected with me, I was in Kuala Lumpur for my sister's birthday. She had never been to Malaysia. Aww. So in Malaysia, and in, in, in general, that's a, that's a whole other topic for me. I love it, but it does stuff to me. It just does. So <laughs> another topic, Aww. but... Um, what had happened was I, I come back to Thailand and they were like, no, you can't come in, in here till you have a work permit. Too many visa runs. So once again, I suddenly had to leave. <laughs> and this time with half my shit still in my apartment. So my sister had to go and clear out my stuff. And once again, the lease on that apartment was about to be up. Like everything came together, but not how I planned or envisioned or anything. I didn't even know I was going, but I will say this. I did the energy work and the release and I wanted to be home for my family reunion. I prayed specifically for financial stability because I told you I'm still working on that. And I wanted to be home for my family reunion. Well, guess what? I had to leave and I ended up coming to the family reunion anyway. <laughs> so that's, I, that's how I got to California. Mm -hmm. Oh. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Wonderful. Work so for family. me. Work yes. For me. <laughs> yes. My paperwork we'll together to, to go and back and teach and have this ability. So I will be teaching at a land-based school and online when I um, make it back to Asia. Okay. Um, yeah, that's yeah. how that happened. Mm -hmm. At least Thailand, like, is one of the countries that offers that. Sometimes it's a little bit more difficult to get a work permit. True. But yeah, English teaching there is is really popular. It is, but I'm not going to Thailand. <laughs> that oh, okay. changed. I am going to Vietnam. FYI, tip, if you are interested in teaching English, if that's a, something that you think you might want to do, um, Vietnam is actually better. You can make between, uh, the, the pay range is 15 to $20 an hour teaching English in Vietnam, where the average cost of living is like $600 a month. 
So do that math. If you're trying to get out of debt or yeah. start a business or something, it's actually a better place and a better plan. Um, at least for me, that that that's 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 that was the insight and the blessing that I've received. So that's what I'm doing. Mm-hmm. Yes, yes, mm-hmm. yes. I think <laughs> I think uh, between Vietnam and China, like I I this is totally anecdotal research, but I think those are the places where they pay the most and the cost of living is the least. Um, particularly because some contracts include housing and housing is usually going to be your most expensive regardless of where you are. You can make more bank in China than you can in Vietnam. In terms of Southeast Asia, uh, Vietnam is the highest paying. Um, But in terms of Asia, um, I would say in in relation to cost of living and contracts and all that stuff, China is definitely number one for people that are interested in that information. Okay. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Thank you for mm-hmm. sharing that. Yeah, yeah. So, but I love Southeast Asia. So, um, that that's where I'll be. Yep. Coming on back. Yes. Um, yes. How has it been for you traveling as a black woman? Um, I haven't had too many problems, to be honest with you. Just a little giggling and pointing here and there, but nothing really malicious. Um, going back to the whole energy thing and the PTSD thing, part of my pattern has been the money thing, but the other thing has just been people's um, less than love. I call them less than loves because they are commentary about my physical appearance. Um, that's been a pattern for me to be called ugly. I've been called ugly more than 900 times in my life at this point. That's a lot. Um I don't believe that to be true, but I'm working through, and I don't, I don't have any vibes. You can tell by the, how I'm speaking to you guys about it. Like there's no pain or hurt at this point, at least I released that, but that's still a part of my reality. Walking outside my door, uh, walking out on the street and being called ugly or people confusing me um, uh, for a transgender and shout out to the LGBTQ community, but I am not a part of that community. Um, I'm heterosexual. I, and I don't, um, I will say what I don't appreciate is um, people labeling me and making um, negative comments, less than love comments about me based on their ignorant assumptions. Um, so, yeah, that's been another part of the PTSD. I would say the money thing and that whole human experience, that combination has been uh, what I've had to work through and heal through. Mm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Well, I'm glad you are finding your way through that. That is really powerful how, mm-hmm. yeah, people can imprint on us. But I am glad you are are putting up your protections. And I also really appreciate you clarifying that there is nothing at all wrong, even though you didn't say it like this. This is what I think you mean. And this is what I mean <laughs> on this yes. show. There's yes. absolutely nothing wrong um, with the LGBTQ, LMNLP community i say that lightly exactly. but i mean that seriously um exactly lgbtq plus yeah yes okay. i got it exactly yeah um but yes that is that's really gross mm-hmm. Child, now you see why i don't like people yeah yeah <laughs> they haven't and i i also like that you you say it less than love i really like that uh phrasing mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. that's it that is the energy 
that's the energy. It's lust and love. Well, people like you, and it seems like you found your people, and maybe you can to find them. Ciao, ciao. Yeah, and my <laughs> students. Yes, yes, my people and my, my students. students. Yes, Aww. exactly, exactly. So I know it's I'm not like a, a little child <laughs> being like, "Oh, thank you, teacher. Or, I love you," or drawing you <laughs> pictures and stuff like that. That Here's stuff just like finds its way. Right? I oh. primarily work with adults. Believe it or oh, not. I'm sorry. No, no, it's okay because that's a common assumption when you hear English yeah, teacher most of them work with kids um, I do work with children too but I primarily work with adults believe it or not um, that has been a pattern thing for me too <laughs> I started teaching English to adults in New York City I was a volunteer teacher um, at oh god uh, at one of the CUNYs the public colleges and in, in, um, I think I was in Harlem at that time uh, just volunteering there. That's how I started. But I have um, primarily worked with adults throughout my ESL uh, career. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So, but you've been getting some love from your adults, so. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. If I didn't have, like, very strong patterns and identifiers of people who love me and see me the way that I see myself, all that other stuff that I just said, like, I would think that I was crazy, <laughs> you know, if, if if they didn't exist, if that aspect of my reality didn't exist, if my family didn't exist, I would be like, wow, maybe there is some truth to this. But um, and not saying that I've needed external validation, but let's be honest, it certainly does help to have it, especially when you're dealing with something like um, your physical um, appearance being judged. Um, so, yeah. Um, this has been a very interesting life experience for me. Very, very interesting. Uh, I'll put it like that. <laughs> mm-hmm. um, so generally when you do travel, you are a slow traveler. So you kind of hunker down for a little bit. You had a place in Bali. You had a place in Thailand. When you come back in, to Vietnam, you're going to have your place. And maybe just like take short trips from there, right? Exactly. Exactly. And to be honest, my intention is to live somewhere (laughs) that doesn't seem to be what has manifested as of yet. I thought it was going to be in Thailand, but now here I am going to Vietnam. The other place that I'm definitely going to visit is uh, Mexico. Um, I think it's Merida, if I'm saying it correctly. Um, Like. I'll be Googling that, too, while we're talking. I want to get my information correct, (laughs) y'all, honey, so y'all will know. Um, A lot of people are fleeing. A lot of expats are fleeing Thailand right now. Yeah, Merida, M-E-R-I-D-A, okay, Uh, for for folks that don't know. um, There's a beach, just so y'all know. Anyway, um, a lot of people are are leaving Thailand because they can't stay because of the the current uh, immigration trend. Um, and I know some folks who are going to Mexico. I'm not because I, I'm teaching and I'm going to Vietnam. Ho Chi Minh. I can't, I'm so excited. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Is there any particular practice that you have that helps to keep you grounded? My routine. So um, for all of y'all Zodiac people, I am an Aquarius moon and a Virgo sun. So you could think of me um, I said that wrong. I am an Aquarius. Uh, no, did I say that right? No, yeah, I'm an Aquarius sun, 
which means that on the outside, I present as an Aquarius. I'm a Virgo moon, which means on the inside, um, I'm a Virgo. And what that means is um, I'm air, but the Virgos are definitely about organization and structure and planning. So I'm free flowing structure, organization and planning, which is another part of the reason why I'm able to go with the flow that I do, but do it in a way that's concrete at the same time. There's a certain balance there. Some people, they can't do what I'm doing. Like, you, like I just told you guys, I literally went to a, a country, Thailand, and they told me I had to leave. And here I am, like nothing has changed, <laughs> but everything has. Mm-hmm. I'm able to to flow in these types of situations. Um, I was also a nursing assistant when I was in New York City. That that was like based pretty much the only non-education uh, work that I've had. But that mm-hmm. also taught me. Uh, dealing with emergency situations. I just don't really, uh, I just have my, I have an anchoring inside of myself and I I create the structure where I am. It doesn't need to be around me either. I create it. I am the structure. And as long as I know that and can create that for myself, then I'm good. Yeah. Is there anything specific about the structure you've created that you would feel comfortable sharing? Absolutely. Um, this is funny because you're you're making me think about Chiang Mai. People would come to me and like have coffee, uh, cafe chats with me. If you catch me in Vietnam, hit me up um, to talk about this type of stuff because they they wanted to know how I did it. Um, first of all, what is your goal? or intention. What are you trying to do? Start with that question. And then you need to think about the other aspects of your life that are important. So for example, for me, um, my number one goal right now is um, collecting my coin and returning to Vietnam, right? So my day looks like um, it's, uh, I get up, um, it depends on when I'm scheduled, but about 3 a.m., that's the block of time to work because I, I still I'm still working with people in t- different time zones, Asia included. Um, and then I'll work to about three to eleven. And then in the afternoon, I I'm very much like Steve Jobs um, in terms of like repetition. There's power in that. Um, I eat, do yoga, meditate. And then um, I enjoy my mom. I'm enjoying my mom right now so much. Oh, my God, you guys. Oh, and we haven't always had the best relationship either, by the way. But we we have we have healed that. But anyways, that I take care of my personal care, you know, stuff, shower, all that stuff. And that includes the salt scrubbing and the aura care that's going on. If I have some other energy work that I need to do, then I'll do it. If I'm doing some other things that I'm researching or planning for, then I'll do that. Um, now I have Mondays and Tuesdays. Um, Cause what I do is I'll work, like I said, early in the morning, I have a block of time and then I'll take a couple hours off to do some other stuff. And then I'll work a few more hours because I work on multiple platforms. I'll repeat that. If you're interested in online teaching, I work on multiple platforms and I recommend that. Don't just work on one. Don't put all your eggs in one basket ever. Um, So then I go to sleep and my sleep is also optimized. That's a very important thing too. Um, most, Most people just go to sleep. I don't. 
um, sleep meditation is one of the things I started practicing when I was in Chiang Mai. And it it was um, the first of like deeper energy work that I did that helped me get to the point where I was able to release PTSD. So I'm a big, strong. So if you go on my channel, you'll notice I have some meditation videos because I've started making my own meditation videos and subliminals and stuff um, that came from the sleep meditation process. So you going back to the structure, what's your intention? What is your, what, what do you need to get done on a daily basis? Okay. How much time do you have for it? If there's something you really, really want to do, but you just haven't been able to, for example, say write a Kindle book, <laughs> which is on my list. Um, I will be doing that while I'm here. You need to make sure you put time in for that. Even if it's just 15 minutes, I'm a big believer in building a habit, even if it's for, um, with a small amount of time. Okay. Um, schedule it in and get it done. Um, but each day needs to be in the direction of whatever your intention is. And if you fall off the wagon, do not beat yourself up, just get back on. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And so this is what has helped you to be and do. Be who, who you are and do the things that you want to do. Exactly. Exactly. And it changes whatever the agenda is. Of course, it's going to change depending on the locale and the circumstances. Um, Right now, the circumstances are that I have to put most of my money into getting back. And so um, also I'm, I'm out in the suburbs. Originally, originally from Oakland, but my my parents moved out to the suburbs. And, you know, in California, you must have a car (laughs) and you must drive. I, I don't anymore. I stopped when I moved to New York City. That ended for me. I might have to pick that habit back up, but I just, I have not been bothered, you guys. So, um, I've been using delivery to get my groceries and stuff. And then when my mom's around, like, we'll go out to, you know, drive out and stuff. But I just, I can't, I could care less. This is where being an introvert has come in handy for me um, because I, I need to work and get back. I'm very, very much. Like I, I use Steve Jobs because y'all know he wore the same thing every single day. He and Tripp, he had like 50 of those black shirts, jeans, and sneakers that he wore. Those, what is it? I6, I think that that was his uniform. I have my uniform. It's in my clothing, but it's also in the day. This is what I do. This is what I eat. Um, and that's it. And there is no, there's nothing too complicated about it. It's very simple. But by the end of whatever the, the process is, the goal and the intention is met. Um, this year, we are in, what is this, August, right? Yes. Um, so I finished a two professional certifications this year, and I became a Reiki healer this year. All that stuff takes time. And now I'm gearing up to do a career shift. And we're not even done with this year yet. And so, yeah, I don't the, like the processing and the scheduling and the routine are like they're energetic concepts, but they are tangible things for me. And I do not play games. I don't play games. That is manifestation, right? <laughs> yes, it is. Speaking mm-hmm. of not playing games. How can people support your work? In what ways would you like for people to support your work? Um, just go to the YouTube channel. It's still 
up and coming in development, if you will. But on there, fun stuff. Um, I have some travel videos. There's a travel playlist. There is, um, I do what's called pick a card readings. I'll explain that because I know that that might be foreign. Um, if you've been interested in getting a reading or you just want to know what it's like, you can look at the pick a card readings. What you do is, um, this is a thing on YouTube, by the way, like a lot of people like me do these where you'll have a, a, like a spread of cards, one, two, three, four, five, six, whatever. And you'll just use your intuition or your interest, whatever it is. And you'll be like, I want to know what's under pal one, for example. And so you'll watch the video for pile one and see what the reading is and just see what you get from it. So I've been doing a romance series and um, actually I have one that will definitely be up by tomorrow. Well, by the time this this airs, you it, I'll, I'll, it'll be up. <laughs> um, and that one's going to be about um, are you ready? As in, are you ready to manifest whatever it is you're working on? Right. So um, it's just fun, but it's also, it can be kind of scary with the accuracy. Um, you find people that do these readings that you connect with, and then it's just like, yeah, I have been going through that, or wow. So definitely check those out. And I have some meditation videos. My meditation videos aren't doing as well, so I'm still going to make them for now, but I'm contemplating um, not no longer doing those, or at least not in the way that I am. It's just straight up music. But um, how can I say this? You know, YouTube takes time. <laughs> so I want to make sure that I'm creating content that people are really connecting to. And to find a channel, I made a tiny URL for it. It's just tinyurl.com slash glampowered, G-L-A-M-P-O-W-E-R-E-D, glampowered. That's it. Well, I will put that in the show notes. Thank you so very, 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 very much, Kimmy, Kim, can I call you Kimmy? (laughs) (laughs) For for your energy, for all the really dope things that you opened up to share with us. Thank you very, very much. I really appreciate your time. And thank you as well. And let me just plug your show. Like, if this is your first time listening, if this happens to be, go back and listen to the other episodes. Um, I have really been enjoyed. I have really been enjoying listening to the podcast. (laughs) Thank you. I appreciate that. Yes. Yeah. Well, you take good care of yourself. You bask in all that good mommy energy. And I hope your travels to Vietnam are safe and uncomplicated. Wow. <laughs> yes. Safe and. <laughs> Thank right, well, you. Take care, Kim. Thank you. All right. Bye-bye. Ah, um, ba